Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be Are you uptight all the time? Are you always afraid of everything? Well, I'm going to lose this. I, I got to have my job. I got to have my benefits. I got to have this, that, and the other. You know, uh, those things are fine to have. It's it's right. it's okay to have a job and benefits. I've got that. But is that what you're banking on right. to get by? Because if you're admitting you could lose it, that's the admission. It's temporary. Mm-hmm. I say, friends, let's turn ourselves over to eternal things. You know, the Lord said, seek the kingdom first. And then all these other things that will be added to you. So right. all this other stuff you're concerned about, just 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 drop it, okay? Just let it go. And I'm not saying be irresponsible with it. I'm saying invest in the kingdom first. Seek the Lord. What has he got for you? What does he promise you? And then he'll give you all the rest. And the, the proper understanding of that, Rhea, and I, I like that verse very well, the proper understanding is I seek him first in every area of my life. When it comes to my home life, I seek him first. When it comes to my finances, I seek him first. When it comes to my church and life of faith and relationships, uh, whether romantic or personal or friends, I seek him first. And then then it says, then, all those then. things, because you're prioritizing the king first. First, that's the up one, to you. And you're thinking, well, I'm putting church first. Well, no, you're not putting church, quote, the body of Christ first. You're putting the king of glory who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the debt of our sin and then calls you to repentance, to live with him eternally, that's who you're putting first. Yeah. You're not putting church first. And that's a big mistake people make, Ray, and I've heard you speak of this before. The people get hurt in the church or upset with the church, and then— They quit. They quit, and they, they cast them out. Now, then they hate the church. Th- that doesn't mean go to a bad church or hang with people who are, are treating you badly, but it means don't, don't ding God for that. God didn't command them to do that. They're not following the instructions that's in the Word. So— um, it's a matter of seeking the Lord first and not man or uh, religion per se. You know, um, something I'd like to uh, make an example uh, to further explain. Let's say we have somebody listening here who's new or not in, not a Christian yet, and they're trying to understand what you meant when you said, I turn my finances over to the Lord. What does that look like to turn your finances over to the Lord? You've got a financial problem. How do you turn that over to the Lord? Well. Uh, what he, did you mean by that? Um, that does not mean that you give all of your money to the church. That's not what you mean. Okay. Matter of fact, that's some un- crazy yeah, pastors yeah, out there they, would have you, you do it. That teaching is out there, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I really appreciate your standing on on tithing, but tithing is a matter of relationship and a, an act of worship and trust. Lord, I trust you, and to support what you're doing on the earth with your church, your body on the earth, the people that really belong to you. I'm going to support that, and I give my money towards that. So I'm putting him first in that area. Now, that doesn't mean I don't take care of my family and my needs, but that is a priority in my 
convictions, in my habits, in my life, is financially putting towards a genuine place that is preaching the gospel, doing their best to follow the Lord, and getting the word out, loving people, praying for people, being there, and doing what God has set those groups of churches to do. Then there's churches out there like that. There may not be as many as there used to be, okay? And they may go through times when they're not doing so well at it, but putting that money towards it and resources to help others as well. Now you may say, oh, I can do that outside of the church. Yeah, you can. But our, for if you're a Christian, God commands us to give towards those things and to not keep that back. Because for people like Pastor Ray and those men of God who are faithful to serve him, it says, I want you as a family, per se, a spiritual family, to support what I'm doing through them in the earth. You know, I've also heard it put that by tithing into a church, you're demonstrating to God by proving you're living it out. I don't have to have this money to get by. Right. Lord, you're enough. You are enough, and I trust in you so much, Lord, that, look, I'm going to put this money in the tithe, demonstrating I don't have to have it. Because he says you will either – you can't serve two masters. Either right. money is your master yeah. or God's your master or yeah. your king. So which one are you going to do? I've talked to friends before about tithing, and they, they have literally told me I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. I say I can't afford it. Right. They have two-story houses with three cars in the yard, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't need three cars and maybe a motorcycle too. Mm-hmm. Uh, a whole lot going on. I mean, whole lots of money, very expensive things, right? And they can't afford it. Now, uh, my my understanding is, well, what happens when the Lord starts taking some of that stuff away? Uh, the very reason for tithing is first to, of course, it's commanded to to support that ministry, and also that's your demonstration before man and God. I don't depend on money, so I don't mind letting it go. So let's say I'm coming up to uh, – I'm thinking about the the poor individual out there that's scraping by uh, at, at a tough job. They're not making much money, and rent is coming due, and they just don't have it. Mm-hmm. I've been there, and I don't see how in the world am I going to make this uh, – my paycheck isn't going to cover it. I'm so far behind. They're wondering, how, how do I turn that over to God? Um, friend, I just say you get down and pray, and you trust in the Lord God that he has a way to – deliver on what he says he's going to do. Your paycheck may not cover it, but the Lord can. And just watch what he does. Give it to him. Say, Lord, I don't know how I'm supposed to get by. I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to make my my uh, mortgage payment. Am I going to get kicked out on the street again? You pray to the Lord God. You ask him. You bring your request to him. He'll take care of it. He'll deal with it. But right now, everybody's so caught up in this worldly fear Everything's breaking down, and it is. It ain't what it used to be. This is not the America I grew up in, right? And everybody's afraid, and I think they've literally started to think that God lost control right. somewhere, and He mm-hmm. did not. Mm-hmm. Well, if God still had control, it wouldn't be like this. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. This nation's full of sin, and He has to start judging it. He's He's pressurizing us. This as this nation as a whole to get them to let go of the money and look at Him or whatever else it is, to look right. at him. Um, you know, God gives us peace in John fourteen twenty seven. says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. So let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus literally said, don't be afraid. I know people that live afraid all day, mm-hmm. every day. Right. It affects their health. They're mm-hmm. just scared of everything all the time. And friends, right. you don't need to live like this. And, you know, you could get real specific and technical, but we don't want to take too much time of that. But, you know, there's, no, there's a difference between being concerned 
and having anxiety. Now, I get concerned about things. Yes, I get concerned if my, you know, somebody doesn't come home and time. And sometimes you've got to yeah. get up and act right. on it. Yeah. Now, concern is different than anxiety or fear. We could get into unhealthy fear again, but just to refer back to what we've already said, love perfected will cast out all fear. So I'm not going to be fearful to the in a negative sense, though I may be concerned. So we do want to uh, make that uh, specific. Be responsible mm-hmm. to your what you have to do and your bills, what all. But when it comes down to it, you're often going to find that you get into situations you can't deal with. And, you know, people, <laughs> people always say God won't give you more than you can handle. And I just don't see that in the Bible. That is actually a morph of another verse that says when you are tempted, God will provide you a way out right. so that you can stand up under it. Okay, God will always give you more than you can handle so that you'll recognize the need to get a Savior. Okay, we need to get that right. So, friend, do you feel like you're covered up with more than you can handle? Well, amen, because now maybe you're going to call upon your Savior to come help you out. That's how it works. The verse that Ray's referring to is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, and it reads, No temptation has overtaken you except such as as is common to man. Common. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. And that's so great. He'll also will make a way of escape he'll make maybe a way, up to be able to bear up. He'll make a way of escape. The problem is a lot of people aren't choosing that way of escape. Right. They just see the stuff hit, and it gets heavy, and it gets crazy, and they just go nuts. Mm-hmm. Friends, God has given you a way out every single time. Every temptation that has come at you, your your bills are due. I don't know what to do. I can't, I can't afford it. So you have the temptation to worry. You have the temptation to get upset. God gave you a way out of that. Well, what's the way out? Well, you bring it to him. You ask him. You pray. First, you have to realize God is, has ultimate authority over all things and that he commands all, and he's still in control. So you say, all right, God, I don't know what to do about this circumstance. I'll let you deal with it. Now, Lord, show me what to do in line with your will, and he'll take care of it. Let Just try him out. Right. See what he does. So, Mike, uh, you recently did a message at the church for me, and I understand you've got a verse that uh, plays into this. Yes. First, let me share real quick the, the basis of the message I shared. It dealt with Christians having a belief or a conviction of two areas. One, that God is sovereign. And then secondly, the second belief or conviction was that the God's word is the final authority in my life. And one of the verses that I, I use towards the end regarding God's sovereignty, and I like to call this the end of the book. You know, you've ever read a book and you're like, I wonder how it ends. I wonder what the very final result is at the end of the book. Well, this is towards the end of our book, the Bible, and it's in Revelation chapter 19, and it starts in verse 11. And this is Apostle John's vision while he's on the Isle Patmos. And it reads, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he, capital H, who sat on him, was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule 
with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of the Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his eye a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's big. So now, those of you who don't realize it, this is speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ when he has come back again, and he has come to rule over the earth in, in sovereignty and his rightful place. But it says in the very end, who is named king of the boss or the one in charge? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, King of kings and Lord of lords, who died and paid the price and rose again from the grave, defeating death, hell, and the grave, so that he could come back in victory and take his place on the throne of David in Jerusalem. If death couldn't beat him, right? do you think he can help you with your mortgage payment? (laughs) If he can strike nations, do you think he could strike your bill on your cell phone or your car or your house or what? Do you think he could deal with that if he's done all these great things? Mm -hmm. King of kings. Right. Kings are usually pretty rich. Yeah. They usually have lots of power, lots Mm -hmm. of money, lots of facilities, lots of people there to serve them. Well, he's king over them. Right. King of kings. Lord of lords. A lord is somebody that owns everything. He owns all the land, all the fruit that's on it, all the trees. All mm-hmm. Okay. The whole earth belongs to him. He's lord over it all. He it, he owns it. Right. He owns that car that you're worried about not being paid for. Mm-hmm. That, that's not really your car. That's his car. Right. And if he wants you to drive it for now, he can. And he'll give you the money to pay it, whatever. Don't be worried about that. Don't be worried about all the things that saying you're going to fail. You're not going to be able to do it. Okay, maybe you need to cut back. Maybe you're living above your means. Maybe you do need to cut some things back. That um, We can't place ourselves beyond that. But he's Lord. Mm-hmm. And when you said the word sovereign, friends, sovereign means ultimate supreme authority. There's not one thing out there. God has no kryptonite. He's not invincible except for that one thing. He is supreme. He is sovereign over everything. And friends, we need to trust in him for that. I would like to ask y'all, when you think about what Mike just read, he's coming back, he's going to rule the nations and striking and all this stuff. Why would you not want to put your trust in this guy? Right. He, he, he runs it all. I mean, it's his. And guess what? He loves us. That's on a top, big plus. On top of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a plus. Friends, w- would you feel better? If you could write Bill Gates or Elon Musk uh, an email and saying, hey, I need your help. I know you can afford it. And they wrote back and said, sure, I'll cover it. Would you feel a whole lot better? Well, guess what? God is rich above them. Uh, this, this is the literal truth. Oh, I know, Ray, you're saying figuratively. No, I'm saying literally. Right. He has their money is his. You can ask him. You don't need an email. You just need mm-hmm. a prayer. You just need to put in a request, just like you would if you wrote to Bill Gates or Elon Musk. Say, hey, I got this problem, God. Can you can you deal with this for me? Because I don't know how to do it. Right. And friends, he'll do it. Mm-hmm. That's better than sending an email to a rich guy. Right. He is above all. He has everything. He owns everything. He's in control. He never lost control. Now, if the news bothers you and gets you in an uproar, turn the TV off. Click. Click. <laughs> open the Bible. I don't know what the sound effect for that is. It could be a click if it's on an iPad. (laughs) Um, Open the book and read it and look at all the people throughout human history, big and small, that got themselves in a real fix and said, Lord, I can't do this. You're going to have to bail me out. I don't know Mm -hmm. what to do. And guess what? The ones that listened to him, he did. And the ones that didn't, do the math. 
friends, where do you want to be? Where do you want to stand on this equation? Mike, I, I don't know about you, but I don't need any more stress in my life. Right. I just need the Lord to to deal with it, and I'll do my part. Whatever he tells me to do, I'll do. Mm-hmm. The rest is up to him. I, it's That's on him to deal with. It takes it off my shoulders. Right. And the promise that he would be with us, he says, look, I am with you to the end of the age. So while we do struggle with the things in this world and the horrid things going on around us, unfortunately, um, he's there with us to strengthen us, to give us peace that passes understanding. And we could spend three more podcasts just on the things he offers while we are here um, on different areas of our lives. But it's a matter of, like you said in Matthew 6, 33, seeking him first and his kingdom and then all those things. So you have to be in the path or the position to be receiving these things and walking in them and understanding them and growing in them while we're here. You know, I was told the other day, Christians don't need to read the Bible. Hmm. I was told the other day, I love God just fine. I don't read the Bible, but I love him just fine. Uh, No, that doesn't add up. If you have a spouse and you tell your spouse, hey, I love you, but I'm not going to spend any time with you. I'm going to go spend it with other women. (laughs) I'll see you, I don't know, once a week or something. That's not loving the person. Right. The spouse expects you to be there. Mm-hmm. You're mine. You yeah. belong to me. Right. God is saying, look, I love you. You should love me. If God says you're mine, then you should say, Lord God, Lord Jesus, you're mine too. Mm-hmm. How are you with the Lord on these things? Friend, let me ask you first off, are you reading your God's word? You know, I've been scuba diving before. I've been 100 feet below uh, the surface of the, the water. I had to take a little piece of my home with me. It was an air tank. I had to bring air with me. That's part of my world, okay? Mm -hmm. It's not the fish's world exactly like it is mine. I had to bring part of my atmosphere with me, and I had to strap it on me, and I had to shove a mouthpiece in my mouth and had to suck on it to to live, okay? Friends, if you want to make it through this world, you need to bring a little piece of your home with you. You need to get that Bible in front of you, and you need to breathe off this thing or you're going to choke. Right. And a lot of people are choking, and it's freaking them out, and they don't know why. Getting God's word, he gives you promises. He promises to provide. I won't leave you. You can bring your problems to me. You can ask me. He owns everything, friends. Everything's his. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. Right. If you're denying yourself this, it's only because you're choosing to do it. And, you know, when you're done with this life, whenever that is and however that is, you get to it, the one of the promises is that we will get to be with him and see him face to face. The very one that sent his son for you, loves you, and that helped you through this life, you get to see him for the rest of eternity. So that's why the Bible says that death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? How, how do you lose? I mean, you're here and everybody suffers on this world because of sin, but when you're done with this life, you have a promise of, of eternal life with him. Friends, we just got on to make this podcast because we see a need out there and we want to help you. So what I'm asking you is this. Okay, first off, we gave you some verses and we could, like you said, we could do umpteen million more podcasts on right. this and some people are going to take it or not. It's up to you. It's up to you, friends. But here's, here's where I want to leave you is that we've given you enough verses to start. Now, will you pick up and do the rest? If you don't have a Bible, they're easily accessible. They're cheap. You can read the Bible for free online. You could go to BibleGateway.com, whatever. Just start reading. You can start at John chapter 1 and just read. You don't have to understand everything. As a matter of fact, you're not going to understand everything. But you will absorb what you can, and the Lord will work with that. 
Start somewhere. Find a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church that preaches Jesus and go and jump in. You don't have to know everybody right off the bat. I know it's scary to go into a church where you don't know anybody, but that'll change real quick. Get in there, get involved. Just start hearing the Word and understand what God promises you. Now, we gave you some verses today to work with, but now you need to pick up and do the rest for yourself. Scripture says, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. So when do you want to get started? You are now at a fork in the road. You can either live the rest of your life strained out, stressed out of your mind, worried and scared all the time, or you can trust in the Lord Jesus who said, peace, I leave with you. If you want more of that, get your Bible. John 1 is a good place to start if you want to. Start reading. So ultimately, I want you all to understand that Christianity is fun. As a matter of fact, while we're in here recording, I guess I've just had a busy day and I started yawning all of a sudden. I edited those parts out so you don't hear it. Mike's over here laughing at me. But hey, Christianity's fun. Enjoy it. Enjoy life. Stop being crazed out about everything. Just have a good time. Enjoy the Lord God in your life. Right. Friends, we want to pray for you now, okay? Father God, you've got a lot of people out there who are scared. Show them your way. Show them your word. We ask you, Lord God, to break through to somebody. I don't know where in the world they may be. This podcast or this radio show may go on shortwave or propagate through the Internet to somebody in the any one of the dozens of countries that this gets out to. If we had to do this podcast to break through to just one person, then it was worth it. And whoever that one person is, Lord God, bless them. Show them that they can trust you. Prove to them in a way that's beyond explanation to them specifically that you are a God of restoration. You are a God of provision. But you are also a God who expects trust from your people. Teach us how to trust you, Lord. We're too sinful to even know how to do that on our own. You have to even show us how to do that much. So, Lord, I ask you to bless someone who heard this today to start putting their trust in you and to leave it in your hands so that they can live a life of that peace that you leave with us. Thank you, Lord God, for giving us peace. Lord, I pray for anybody out there who has not been experiencing peace in their life. They recognize that's what's wrong with me. I don't have peace in my life, and so I must not be looking at you like I thought I was. So, Lord, they have to look at you to trust in you. I pray that it gets through to somebody so they can be set free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Mike, I always like talking about these things because I need to hear it as much as anybody else needs to hear it. All of us. We all need to hear it. Friends, me and Mike aren't sitting here like we're all perfect. Uh-huh. But we do know we do know enough to get into God's word, and we just want to right. share that with you, mm-hmm. right? Right. Well, Mike, thanks for being here again. Sure. I, you know, if I yawn one more time, I think <laughs> I'm just going to go take a nap somewhere. But uh, friends, you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to believe, to redeem you. <laughs> to see, I'm I'm losing it. Uh, I I say that line all the time. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. That means buy you back. You think they got it, Mike? So you can be <laughs> set, set for, for life. life. Okay. Ay, 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 ay. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time unless Jesus returns for us first. 
Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.